0: Please be seated. So in the coming sermon series, there's one more on love. We're going to go until the beginning of Lent and then We took videos, and I'll walk you through the Holy Land um, and the video series for Lent. So we'll take the footsteps of Jesus, and I know that you're going to enjoy it. At least I hope that you're going to enjoy it. I'm really looking forward to it. Get out your Bibles and turn to the Song of Songs. Um, I want you to go to the very last chapter. It also might be called Song of Solomon when you turn there. Um, This is chapter 8, verses 6 through 7. This is God's word on love. We're going to hear two different words on love to get us started this morning. I want you to compare them. I want you to find, oh, man, that really resonates with me, or I I want that in my life, or that just really, I think that that's true. Okay, So here's the first word on love. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death, its jealousy as enduring as the grave. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can rivers drown it. If a man tried to buy love with all his wealth, his offer would be utterly scorned. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, God's word, and now a word from Zales. All right, here we go. Here it is. Okay. This is my anniversary gift? Yep. A vacuum cleaner? Dual bag. This is the best vacuum cleaner you'll ever have, baby. Get in there. What? Not a big fan of that look, I got you. In the doghouse, dog? Since time immemorial, when men have messed up, they get sent here by the wives or girlfriends. Bold. Yeah, but I don't deserve to be here. I didn't do anything. Every man in the doghouse thinks he's innocent. Isn't that right, boys? <laughs> Look, all, all I know is that I got my wife this really nice gift, and then now here. Her. What'd you get her? Uh, this brand new tool bag vacuum cleaner, actually. Yeah, that boy's he got our vacuum cleaner. You're a fool, man. <laughs> Oh, it was Dual Bag. <laughs> and Dual Bag doesn't know why he's here. <laughs> I realize it's not the most romantic gift, but there are many reasons a man can end up in here. Hey, Dual Bag. All I did was tell my wife that her mom looked hot in a bathing suit. It was a compliment. I was just trying to be nice. That's bull. She was smoking. Then. She was smoking. I told my wife that staying home with the kids was a heck of a lot easier than having to actually work for a living. See, a lot of guys end up in here during the holidays because they give their wives thoughtless gifts, like a vacuum cleaner. I got my wife extra RAM memory for her computer as a gift. I even attached a note that said, "Thank you for the memories." Didn't go down very well. (laughs) Help with the cooking. That's Oscar. He's been here so long (laughs) he's plain lost his mind. Legend has it he gave his wife a mustache waxer during the holidays. What is that on (laughs) your lip? Oh, boy. Okay, even if Valentine's Day weren't closing in on you, and it is, we would need to talk about this, okay? Because these are two very different views. At the end of this commercial, guess what gets men out of the doghouse? It's a Zales, right? Jewelry, right? And so I'm sitting here next to Kevin and, you know, the vacuum cleaner, and he goes, it's because it's not a Dyson. (laughs) And I actually had somebody come up and say, my husband got me a vacuum cleaner. It was a Dyson. I loved it. So apparently Dyson, there's a special dispensation for Dyson vacuum cleaners. Um, Now listen to what what God's word on love is, okay? And then we're going to compare it to this commercial. Let's just do that for a minute. Love is as strong as death. It flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can rivers drown it. Whoa. And yet this commercial says if I get my wife or my husband the wrong gift, I'm out. So what's real? Is it real that when a tsunami comes at my love, it can't take it away from me? It can't even make a flame fizzle out? Or is it real that it's so precipitous that if I do the wrong little thing, if I say the wrong little thing, if there's the wrong puff of wind, love is gone? Well, could it maybe be a little bit of both? That if we have a strong love, if we work on it, if we build our love and our relationships according to what God says, then when things come from the outside, I'm going to send the tsunami, you know, because I have the fortress of this love, and it's not going to drench it out, right? It can't overcome it. But what is love vulnerable to? Not from the tsunami that comes at you from the outside, but from neglect from the inside, right? You can kill love. The two people in the relationship can kill love love. Now, do I think it's by getting thoughtless gifts because you're not buying jewelry? All the women are like, please say it's the jewelry. Please say it's the jewelry. <laughs> okay, let me read you another scripture. Um, I'm sorry, ladies. If a man tried to buy love with all his wealth, his offer would be utterly scorned. God is warning us away from trying to buy our way out of problems to buy our way into love. It's not the jewelry that's going to do it. But that idea of thoughtfulness is important. Now, I want to show you, as, I want to show you something, and I, I think it might depress you a little bit, but I hope it gives you a little bit of encouragement. This is a statistic from Church of the Resurrection. They interviewed 3,000 couples, and I interviewed like 20 of y'all, so I didn't make a graph. But they asked, how, you know, how long have you been married and how happy are you? And these are the number of couples that said, we are so happy. We're very happy, right? Notice less than two years. When you're a newlywed, you're like, woo! right? 60%. Yeah, it's awesome. Be married two to five years, ooh, it's going down fast, right? Six to 10 years, 38%, 11 to 20. It actually starts coming up when you, in, that, in, that age, in that age range there of a marriage. But 35%, that means that if you've been married 11 to 20 years and you're feeling like, I am not the happiest I've ever been, you're in good company. I mean... Just hear that. You're in good company that there's this natural trough that relationships go through. And when you're in that middle stage, it feels like the doghouse. It feels hard. Every couple in our congregation that I talked to mentioned this. We're going to talk more about this next week. They mentioned that they had hard financial times, that when their careers were growing, it was tough, that there were years when they were just so worn out that they didn't have time for each other. And they mentioned a huge factor in this. Let's have the next slide. <laughs> I always knew this was true. <laughs> I just didn't want to say it. And then Church of the Resurrection puts this up here and it turns out that if you have kids in the home, okay, versus kids out of the home, oh my gosh. <laughs> like you're happy. Just wait. Just hold on, people. Okay? Just hold on. That's what the couples in our congregation said. They said, man, the hardest years were when we had kids at home. Every single one of them said hardest years, kids at home, and especially when they were dealing with the terrorists. The terrorists, right? When you have a terrorist in your home, it's hard. I had a lady say the hardest years of our life, actually It actually was both of them, the husband and the wife said, the hardest years were that trough. They said it was, they didn't know about the trough, but they just said the worn out, new career, new family years. They called them the worn out years. And they said it was just hard to have time for each other. It was just rough. And they said, and we didn't have a church home, which made it even worse. So remember what I said last week, is that the first thing you can do for your marriage is we've got in there. That a lot of times we think, I'm doing this on my own, I have to do it on my own. No, God says, let me help you. Let me be woven into the fabric of your marriage. If you have three strands and you braid them, that's, that's really a lot stronger than just two woven together. And so the two things that Church of the Resurrection found, that our church found, is if you worship together, doubles your happiness. Can I say that again? If you are here today, you're taking a good step, my friend, right? Yes, we're doing something good for our marriage, praying together. I had one lady say that her knees were calloused. She was praying so much during those trough years. They made it. I had another lady say, I prayed one prayer every day. This is her prayer. Let me share it with you. This is her prayer. Dear God, thank you that I'm alive. Okay? That's good, right? If you're alive, you can say that prayer. Thank you for this day. Send help. (laughs) That was her prayer. She said, I prayed that for years. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you for this day. Help. You know, if all you can do is get together with your spouse, that would take one minute. God, thank you that we're alive. Thank you that we're married still. And help, right? And God honors those prayers. So that's the first thing you can do. To, to build strength into your relationship, realize that God wants to be part of that relationship. Second, realize that there's some things that God made us, gifts that God gave us the way he made us, that we actually don't have to just muddle around and hope for the best, hope that we buy the right present or, you know, that we watch the right commercial or that whatever happens and love magically happens. That there are things that God has created in us that will actually increase our happiness in relationships. And so instead of giving your wife jewelry or your husband a new set of golf clubs, Sorry. I would like to suggest these gifts. The things in this bag are going to do more for your relationship than the other stuff that um, Zales would like to sell you. So first of all, um, I would like to suggest that you talk more. Have more conversations. And I would say you talk more about the Hobby Lobby meltdown. I'll come back to that. Um, Divorced couples say it wasn't that they didn't talk. They had a lot of conversations. But they were having conversations like the toilet paper is running out. We're getting low on peanut butter. Um, I'm going to be home at work from work at this time. Who's picking up the kids? Um, Just the nuts and bolts of marriage. Any of you all have those kinds of conversations with your spouse? Okay, me too. Um, Do those make you feel loving and close? No. No. So we can be having a lot of conversations, but the wrong kind, the nuts and bolts kind. And what I'm suggesting, because research shows if you have 15 to 30 minutes of meaningful conversation, you will feel closer as a couple. In fact, my doctor um, suggested this during my annual physical. Um, He said, I tell all the couples of your age, because he's like, are you feeling not close in your marriage? I'm like, well, not really. He's like, well, a lot of people who are 35 feel that way. like, Then I saw this statistic. I'm like, yeah. He said, sit down and have a glass of wine. It's great for your health, and it's great. And he said, the reason I'm recommending that is not just the health benefit. He said, have four ounces and wall the kids off. (laughs) Just be like, this is mom and dad's time. We're having a glass of wine, right? And do it every day. And y'all, do you know, I remember my granny and my papa sitting down with rum and coke Every day when he got home from work, I never knew what that was about. Now I know. So whatever it is, just to have that time to unwind. And when you do unwind, don't talk about the teenagers. Don't talk about your money. Don't talk about the problems. Talk about what your hopes are. This is the beginning of a new year, right? Talk about what your dreams are in your marriage. Share those things. That that makes you into friends. That makes you into partners, right, in this life. Um, So the Hobby Lobby meltdown. Kevin and I were in New Braunfels. We were in Hobby Lobby, and we were that couple with the screaming kids. Like they were probably like, get to Walmart people. That's where you belong, right? And so they're having the meltdown, and um, Kevin leaves and disappears around this aisle and um, comes back with this. And a wicked smile. Right? And we had been talking earlier that week about how we were struggling to be patient. About how I had been saying to him, I wish I had a longer fuse. I'm praying for a longer fuse as a parent and as a wife. And he's like, I'm doing that too. And so as the kids are having their newest meltdown and I'm about to lose it, here comes Kevin with like this patient sign and we bought it. And I've told y'all, we've had this on our mantle for the rest of the time that we've been married, right? Patience. But the reason he could come out with this in that meltdown moment and turn it into a time of closeness, even though the kids are screaming and flailing, is because he was saying, we're on the same page, right? I get right now that this is a hard time. I get you, and we're just going to slog through it together, right? So have the conversations, um, the, the life goal conversations. Now, Every time you sit down with your rum and coke or whatever, are you going to be like, let me share my deepest soul with you, right? (laughs) No, but you're going to talk about fun stuff. Talk about things that you like, current events. Talk about funny things that happen. Just talk. Just be friends, okay? Now, the caveat. I said don't talk about hard stuff, but I'm going to put one caveat in. I want you to talk about money. I want you to talk more about money because money is the number one cause of divorce and tension in marriage. And if you can talk about it, not yell about it, not scream about it, not be passive-aggressive about it, if you can talk about it with each other, even just take the time apart, think about your goals, about who you are with money, what you do great, what you're terrible at, and then come back and listen to each other about where you want to be, that's going to help a whole huge heck of a lot. Talk to each other. Next, Next in the bag of marriage tricks, zingers. Talk about the Hobby Lobby meltdown and um, remember the zingers in your relationship. Um, the scripture says in this passage, and I'll just quote it to you, set me like a seal on your heart and on your arm. Right? That's what this scripture I read said, And what that means is this is the woman talking. She's saying, choose me. Choose me here Privately, make it a foundation of your life, and then choose me where other people can see. Now, think back over your conversations with other people regarding your spouse. You ever talk about your spouse to other people? What is the tenor of those conversations? I mean, it's okay to blow off some steam, right? But a lot of times I've found when I listen to conversations, all people are doing is griping. About their spouse, and when all we do is gripe, then that's what we're focused on, and that's not healthy. And what happens is then we come back to the marriage, and we know—do you know exactly how to push your loved one's buttons? That's part of the joy of being married. If you're in the trough, man, twenty years, baby, I know just what it takes to right. And so you just go push the buttons, right? Because you're mad or whatever. The way to counteract that is the zingers the zingers, if every day, this this is Kevin's favorite food, his mouth is watering just looking at the zingers, and these are the last box of zingers on the planet, right? <laughs> I mean, because hostess went belly up, and so before they did, I got this box of zingers, and every now and then, I know, every now and then, um, I'll just give him one. I'll just sneak it somewhere, like in a lunch or on a car seat unless he sits on it. It's fine, right? And, um, It's just, I mean, it may be stupid, but it's my way of saying, hey, I I remember this is what you love, and I love you. And I have to admit that I don't do this. I have not done this nearly enough. Not nearly enough. And probably neither do you. And so my challenge to you would be is once every day you find a zinger, okay? We don't want to make our spouses really fat. Okay? So we can't always use the actual zingers. Um, But find a way to give a zinger every day. Um, That might be a text message. That might be a little phone call. That might be dropping by their place of work or the place they're volunteering. Um, That might be a note. Um, That might be saying, I love you, without any prompting at a strange time. That might be a hug. Um, That might be starting the coffee in the morning. Or... You doing something that the other one normally does, doing the laundry. I mean, any of those things that just say, I love you, that's what we're shooting for, is daily to be able to say not, man, you forgot this, or you didn't do this, but I love you. I think you're awesome, right? Seal on my arm. Out of 7 billion people, I chose you, and I still would. Don't forget the zingers. Okay, the next thing, trapeze lessons. I'm so glad the trapeze lesson couple is here because Spillies, didn't y'all take actual trapeze lessons? Okay, check it out. Um, One of the things couples said um, is have adventure together. Do you know what that's called? Are you raising your hand? (laughs) Awesome. It's called dating. Dating. Date your spouse. It can be cheap, it can be, you know, it, doesn't, it can be a picnic, but have an adventure. Adventure generates um, all those uh, adrenaline and excitement. Share that together, because that's what it felt like when you were first married, when you were first dating, right? Exciting! And so WC and Clary of Inman told me that they keep the passion alive um, by hiking together and biking together, and they said, we do things young people do. And it keeps us young, right? And so whatever they do, they try to have an adventure. They love each other. Um, The Spillies told me, I don't know how long ago y'all did this. They're like, yeah, we did trapeze lessons together. Like, y'all rock. We're going to do trapeze lessons together. So trapeze lessons, I mean, that may not be your speed. Take a cooking class. Do something that you are interested in together, Have those shared hobbies. Learn new things. Make fools out of yourself. Whatever it is, do it together. Wonderful for your relationship. And finally, um, remember the ogres. The ogres. Did you know that studies show that laughing is wonderful for your health? It is phenomenal for your health. Um, It's one of the best things you can do. And we adults are terrible at it. The average 6-year-old, and I have one, laughs 300 times a day. You want to know how much the average adult laughs? 15. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so in our first year of marriage, which was not like, oh ah, for me, it was more like, whoa, for us, because we were in graduate school and money and all is on our own and stuff. And um, finals were coming up so I was a ball of stress and all this stuff going on and Kevin finds out that Shrek a cartoon is playing at our student center and he's like we should go I'm like I don't have time I have to study for my Greek final right he's like no we should go it's free free's a big word (laughs) at that time in your life we should we never get to see a movie it's free like it's a cartoon he said let's just try it we can always leave we went to see this movie, I don't know what you think of this movie, but we laughed so hard we cried, cried at this movie. And I don't know if it was just the time in our life or what it was, I don't remember what I made on those finals. I don't remember how we got through the money stuff. I remember we made it through our first year, but I remember one of my best memories is just holding Kevin's hand and trying not to pee my pants. As I laughed at this movie, Shrek. So whatever it is that makes you want to pee your pants, you're laughing so hard, or cry, do that together. Okay? Don't just shed tears of anger and frustration. Laugh together. Go see a comedian, or rent one on you know rent somebody on Netflix, or watch a movie, or whatever it is. We have a couple of movies that like if it's been a rough week, we're gonna watch that movie, right? And just laugh. Um, it can be really free and cheesy. Since I read that study about how kids laugh so much, um, I was like, I need to kind of pay attention to my kids. And Gustavo gave them or showed them where to get an app called Elf Yourself. Have you all ever heard of Elf They're like, Mommy, it was last week. Can we play Elf Yourself? I'm like, it's not Christmas anymore. They're like, please, please, please. And so they get out the camera and they find pictures of like me and Kevin asleep. <laughs> and they put them on these elves that are dancing. I laughed so hard I cried again. And it's just silly, silly things like that where you can get a free app or you can um, tell a funny story or you can get a joke book. Joke books are hysterical or one of those textbooks about things people said to one another. You'll cry when you read those things that they sent to their bosses. It's just hysterical. Laugh together. If I was a better joke teller, I'd be telling jokes all the time so that y'all could just laugh in church because part of who God created us to be is joyful people laughing people. So those are my keys for y'all about the gifts that you might give each other this Valentine's Day instead of um, a box of chocolates or some candy or some new golf clubs. Do that. Um, Because when we build our love up from the inside, the world's going to come at you. It will. And it will feel like a tsunami. It will feel like many waters. And it wants to drown you. And one of the beautiful things that God does is he gives us other people. He gives us our spouse. He gives us our friends. And if those relationships are strong, when the tsunami comes at us, we're going to have this place to hide and say, you know, that may be going on outside in the world, but I have this place of safety that those waters can never get in. So let this be the blessing today. Let me read this to you again. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, For love is as strong as death, its jealousy as enduring as the grave. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can rivers drown it. If a man tried to buy love with all his wealth, his offer would be utterly scorned. Let's pray. God, I pray for each couple here and for each individual that we could be perfected by your love for us, and be able to give that love to another person, that we would have the safety of good relationships, the safety of a loving marriage, um, of good friendships, so that when all those waters roll in life, and they do, that we would have not only you braided into who we are, but another person who cares about us. And so help us, Lord, daily to choose to say affirming things, to laugh together, um, to give each other small little gifts just to remind each other that we choose them. Please, Lord, um, help us to share our dreams, not just with you, but with those that you have given us and placed in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite you all now, if you have kids, now is the time to go get them if you'd like to have them in communion with us. Um, and I, will, I wanted to tell you about this meal. You see, just like God wants us to remember that... Um, remember to say that we love each other to other people, God wants us to have a way to remember that he loves you. And so every month we take communion. And that's no accident because this is the meal that reminds us, God loves you, God loves me. That the brokenness in our life that can be made whole. And Jesus said, do this often, right? Eat this meal often so that you can be reminded and brought up and strengthened in that love. So I'll remind you that on that last night that he had to share a meal with his followers, he took bread and he broke it and he gave it to them. And he asked them to eat from it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And whenever you eat this, remember. And the same way he took the cup and he thanked God and he said, this is now my blood of a new covenant that's poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins, drink it and remember. Let's pray. God, help us to remember, to remember that you love us, that there is no thing on this world, no water so strong, no distance so far that can stop you from loving us that there is no brokenness in our life so great that you cannot redeem it and make us new. And so as we come to this table, help us to remember, to remember that you love us. Let your love so overflow in our lives, Lord, that we are changed and that because we are changed, we can't help but change the world around us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite those who are serving to come forward. And... Um, I'd like to remind you that this is an open table. If you feel like you would like to respond to the call of God and come up and take this meal, if you'd like to know Jesus more, you're welcome. And you're going to get a piece of bread and dip it in the juice um, and take them together. The youth are coming up because this is the Super Bowl Sunday, right? And so they're collecting one dollar. That's all we ask. If we all give a dollar, there will be enough eggs To feed people who are homeless for an entire year, if we all give a dollar. So if you have a dollar and you can do that, it will make a difference. All right, as as everyone's finished lighting candles, since those are prayers, let's pray. Let's pray together. Lord God, I, I thank you for the way you offer your perfect love to us. And you know how imperfectly we love. And yet, make us perfected. Make it a process, Lord, but be bringing perfection of your love into our lives heal our brokenness, and help us to offer love freely, both to those who are closest to us and to strangers we don't even know. I thank you for every dollar that is going to provide food for people who are homeless in Austin. I thank you for the youth who are leading us in this. And Lord, I pray your continued blessing upon this church, upon its people, and upon our desire to do your work in this world. Amen. Which is a good benediction. Spirit of fire and power, come have your way in us. Awaken us to love that we could share it with those we love and with the world. Amen.